Greetings. Welcome back to the Cape Lead Revolution. This is Chachi, and I have to say I had an amazing end to my week last week. And having the opportunity to drive down to San Antonio, Texas, to join base San Antonio Randolph uh, and get to speak uh, to the men and women of Air Force Personnel Center was absolutely amazing. So to Major General Toth, to uh, the Executive Director of AFPC, Miss Tony, to the Command Chief there, Chief Kenny Lindsay, thank you so much for having me. I, I had an amazing time, and it was it was wonderful to, to meet your teammates. I'm glad they got a, a chuckle out of the words. Hope they had a good time, and congratulations to all your annual award nominees and the winners. And the, the cool part for me, uh, about getting opportunities like that and having been in the Air Force you know, for 24 and a half years now is, again, going back to my amazing inner circle. So today's podcast is going to be a mix of two separate conversations I had, one with Chief Lindsay and the other with uh, Chief Wes Blakely. He's the Special Warfare Assignments Functional Manager there at AFPC, so he handles uh, all the... Uh, what used to be Battlefield Airmen now, for lack of a better term, the, the special operators inside the United States Air Force. Uh, so anyone who has a, a distinct ground combatant role is probably the best way of saying it, rather than uh, uh, special operations, even though that it does in, incorporate those guys as well. But uh, but good conversations. And the, the first one that I had with, with Kenny Lindsay, and it's funny, he and I, our careers started almost exactly the same. Started out at Fort Bragg, and then we both moved to 1st Battalion, 3rd Special Forces Group. Then we both moved to Korea. Uh, we've bounced all around. We've been command chiefs, and he's getting ready to retire this summer. But he was talking about you know some of the consequences of our decisions. And it is great to have policy. It is great for the people there. And if you're going to understand what Air Force Personnel Center does is, is they do everything realistically administrative inside the Air Force. And for those of you non-military people, uh, without getting into the far-reaching aspects of, of what they do, you can kind of, in, in three general areas, un- understand the, the gravity of their job there. Number one, uh, they handle all of our assignments. Uh, you know, minus minus the the chief master sergeants that is handled out of the the Pentagon, um, but the the assignments processing, the assignments request, all that happens there at AFPC. So they do the assignments, they do all the promotion stuff for all of our promotion testing and the boards that we have to do. It's ran there at AFPC, and then lastly, all the performance reports. Are, are ran through there and processed through there. And so obviously just, just with those three things, that's probably enough for you to understand uh, how monumental a task AFPC has. And they, they do a, a great job. It's not without frustration. And one of the things that I said there is that, you know, I started with the joke that, the, you know, AFPC is the most hated people in the Air Force. But no one understands AFPC. You you only understand it as far as how it relates to you in, in weird circumstances. But rarely do people have the understanding and perspective to truly get why AFPC is doing what they do. And as I was asking Chief Lindsay a lot of questions about AFPC as I was preparing to give uh, my speech Friday at lunch, talking about everything that has to happen there. And, it, and it's very interesting for he and I both being TACPs uh, and calling in airstrikes for Army units. You know, we kind of both settled on the analogy is you can't undrop a bomb. And that you know when we're on the front lines, we're doing whatever, we're going to take all the calculated risk. We're going to figure out where the enemy is. We're going to try and figure out where all the friendlies are. We're going to try and figure out where all the civilians are, assess, you know, collateral damage, make sure that we have to do this because again, you can't undrop a bomb. And he was talking about how that impacts a lot of people who have different reasons to adjust assignments 
or late on performance reports or miss some promotion dates, you know, and, and we, we put out a lot of policy, but I, I thought the understanding of you can't undrop a bomb is pretty good because once that thing falls away from the aircraft, uh, gravity is going to take care of it and it's, it's going to find ground. And, uh, you know, you, you, you can't really pull that back. So we really need to understand the effects of our decisions, the ramifications of our decisions. And then at some point we, we have to buy the bombs. Yep. That, that was me. I said to drop it and this, this is what happened. And so there's a lot of ownership that goes with it, but with ownership comes expectations. You know, if you're going to drop that bomb, you're expecting that bomb to do what it needs to do. You're expecting it to land and take out the bad guys and keep the good guys safe and everything that goes with it. But there's there's always uh, some glitch in the matrix somewhere. Perhaps the bomb is a dud. Perhaps one of the fins locks and, and it goes off somewhere else. Perhaps you identify the wrong target. Perhaps you mixed up their grid coordinates and end up dropping it somewhere you didn't mean to. So there's, there's a million different things that could possibly happen with all the good intent in the world. But I think just the understanding and the gravity of your decisions and the gravity of the answers that people give can be akin to you can't undrop a bomb. And I thought that was pretty cool. And then later on in the day, uh, sitting back, just kind of reflecting, I was able to do a new episode of Leaders with Leaders with Chief Kenny Lindsay. So hopefully I'll have time to edit and post that this week. So you have to check that out at the Cape Lead uh, uh, channel on, on YouTube. So you can subscribe to that. But uh, after that, we just kind of sat around and had a beer, and then the Assignments Functional West kind of came over, and, and he was talking about his ability to find the yes. And you know, we have a lot of great systems, and we have a lot of great regulations that assist us in our process that help us streamline things, make us more effective, make us more efficient, and, and just solve some of the conversations But before we get there. But I thought he had a phenomenal point, and he said this quote just so whimsically, I like I, I just... I, you know, I, mean, I I instantly had to write it down. And he said, you know, our, our, our regulations, which we call Air Force Instruction or AFIs, he goes, our AFIs aren't there to make decisions for us. They're to help shape decisions for us. And I thought that was a really, really good understanding of what has to happen and that you can look up in the regulations for someone's trying to move to XX Air Force Base. And you can look in the regs and say, nope, it can't happen because of this, this, and this. But each situation is different because each human being is different. Each life is different. Everything has something there. And I get that everything that put in the AFI is generally there to, to keep things firm, fair, consistent, and honest. And I think that's all of us can expect. That's all of us would want as long as it's firm, fair, consistent. Then you can go forward from there. But... If, if we don't realize that there's special circumstances and if we don't have the understanding that there's not one size fits all when it comes to what is the right answer for you, what is the right answer for somebody else based off of perhaps a sickness in, in the family, perhaps with a, a, a problem with, with kids, maybe a, a sudden death in the family is, is going to... Um, we can help alleviate some of the, the pain and frustrating associated with that if we can get someone assigned closer to where their family was so we can have family and friends help and, and help grieve and get through that process. There's a million different reasons why we would want to bend or adjust some of these systems uh, for for a lot of great reasons. And a lot of it's common sense reasons. And it, and it was very interesting is, is seeing the culture change to where 
it seemed like back in the old days where people would just find a no. Nope, if I said you can't do it, and they just stopped there. They, they would forget that there's a human being on the other side of that email or on the other side of that computer system or on the other side of the computer screen. There's an individual there who has a family, who's probably hurting, who's struggling, who for whatever reason is having to find uh, a different answer because life takes hold of them and life is affecting them. And it was really great listening uh, to these two leaders talk about their understanding of what we should and shouldn't be doing as far as how we support our teammates uh, on both a macro and micro level. And, and again, I just love that, that the AFI is there, there to, to shape our decisions, not make our decisions for us. And I think when you, when you look at regulations that way, like if, if, if I were in a company, obviously I'm going to put out policy letters that says, you know, these are the duty hours. This is the policy for this. This is the policy for that. I, I should also be aware that if I were to do that, I, those may have to change from time to time. That maybe I'm looking for those policies to answer 90% of the questions and that's okay. But when it's time for us to adjust, it's time for us to adjust. And even throughout the Air Force, as I've been taught studying for my promotion testing, you know, obviously we have military doctrine. But they tell us that even when it comes to doctrine, it's better to be doctrinally sound rather than doctrinally bound because war evolves, situations evolve, things change, and we need to be attuned to these changes so we can make the right decisions for our people and our teams. So that's it. A uh, quick little bur- blurb there for this wonderful Monday morning. I'm going to kick the covers off like I did this morning, turn in another great workout. Uh, so excited to get back to it. Uh, get to fly to uh, Langley Air Force Base, uh, Virginia this weekend. So get to, to do some, some good trainings for some people who want to become TACP officers. So really looking forward to see some of my teammates and hopefully uh, go through the process where we select new teammates to be had in the future. But anyway, th- think about that today. How many times can you look up in your policies or your regulations that says you can or can't do something and you stop right there and you say, this is it. Nope. It says right here, I can't do it. Or do you, ask, do you just ask the question? We'll just, we'll, we'll just go with that. Do you just ask the question, Hey, does this appear to be right? Does this appear to be fair? Does this appear to be in the best interest of my teammate? And in the end, would this be in the best interest of the organization? Because if you say no to this person, simply because in a generic policy years ago, it says you can't do it. Are you going to lose that person as a teammate? Or are you going to have a conversation with them and say, Hey, the policy says this, but I'm going to talk to the boss. I'm going to talk to my supervisor. I say, Hey, I, I, I know that it says here, but, but this doesn't seem to be the right answer for this situation for this circumstance, for this person, for this day and age, what have you just get the conversation, right? Are you open-minded enough to look past beyond what is, what is written there and think for yourself, does this truly apply? Or in this, in the sense of good dudership and being good dudes and awesome chicks, do we really think that we still need to give this answer in a contemporary environment? Is this still applicable? Do we have to say no? Or is there some small level of humanity that we can apply that would allow us to possibly deviate from whatever guidance is out there and find the right answer because it's the right answer for your teammate at that time for this situation? Just ask yourself that question. 
Anyway, uh, I hope that helps. Uh, hopefully we can, we can open up our minds a, a little bit more and uh, expand our understanding of uh, good deutership and the application of good deutership. And I hope this podcast finds you well. I hope you have a great week. And we'll talk to you next time here on the Cape Lead Revolution. And this is Chachi reminding you to always educate, anticipate, and dominate. We'll talk to you soon.